Welcome to the Glojo Podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Kalal, and every week I'll be sharing thought-provoking, soul-soothing, and inspiring conversations from personal stories to insider tips and tricks. At the Glojo, you can always find what you need when you need it most. This is permission. Permission to be you, permission to be messy, permission to feel all the feels. So what do you say? Let's do this together. I'll see you in the Glojo. Hello, hello. Welcome back or welcome if this is your first time joining me. I'm Leanne Kalal and I am your host of the Glojo podcast. And today I interview the fabulous Andrea Rindel. In my opinion, Andrea is another modern day wonder woman. She has been running businesses for more than half of her life. Half of her life, she truly is an entrepreneur at heart, born to be, and boy has she been. For the last decade, she has supported high-performing visionaries bringing their ideas to reality through her digital branding and marketing agency. Andrea has successfully scaled a $5 million plus business, led a team of more than 35 people across the globe from more than five countries, all while managing life as a single mom to two busy teenagers. Andrea knows a thing or two about a thing or two. And today I'm really excited to share our super juicy conversation with you. We dive into the topic of big life transitions. They say change is one of the only inevitable things about life. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. There are the changes that we know are coming. Let's say if we're graduating from high school or university, And then there are changes that we consciously make, like deciding to marry someone or go into partnership or open a business. And then there's this whole other wild, wild west of changes and transitions that come out of nowhere and can blindside the heck out of you. And this is what we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about how you can navigate those big slap you from the side transitions that you did not see coming. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you today because Andrea shares a lot of practical tips and advice that I believe anyone can apply to their life when times get tough. And so some of the things that we're going to talk about include how to handle those moments before transition or often if it does come out of nowhere, how to handle those first initial moments of transition when it's the shock. And then we talk about, okay, what do you do once you move past that and into the next phase? We talk a lot about feelings and emotions and how it's actually important to feel what's there because if you don't feel what's there and if you just stuff things down and you're not willing to feel the bad, that takes away from your pleasure and the opportunity to actually feel the good. And furthermore, if you're always stuffing things down, you're not actually creating space for what you want to create in the future. You can't get connected to that next step that's waiting for you. Andrea shares her exercise for doing worst case scenario planning and how this is actually really empowering. And there are so many other tidbits of wisdom that are shared throughout this interview. I could go on and on, but instead of listening to me, just talk about how amazing Andrea is and everything she has to share. Let's actually head on over to the interview and listen to Andrea. I can't wait to see you there. Hi, Andrea. Welcome to the Glojo. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy you're here with me today. And we have an incredible conversation lined up. We are talking about transitions. Transitions are something anyone can relate to. It's part of human nature. It's part of the evolution of growing, growing personally and spiritually and in business, but also growing in age and through the different phases that come with life. And so Andrea, I've known you for, man, probably 12 years now. I'm really excited to dive in with you because over these past 12 years, I've seen you go through a lot of transitions. And notably, you went through a really big life transition. Maybe it was three years ago? It was actually five years ago. No, was it really? Yes, it was. I know. There's this odd part of me that um, when I think about that, I'm like, yeah, exactly. That's the feeling I have too. Like, holy cow, what the heck? So yeah, no, it was five years ago. Wow. Time flies. And I also realize that every time I talk to someone, I'm like, oh, it was about three years ago. So for whatever reasons, my time reference, everything is about three years ago, <laughs> which is a funny, it's just a funny thing to notice. 
So a few years ago, you went through a big transition, both personally and professionally. And I know from the outside perspective, it's been absolutely incredible to watch you navigate this transition, start and scale your company, Legacy Creative, and really step into your personal power and to step into your truth. I know you were always aligned with yourself when I met you back then, but it's like all of a sudden the spotlight is on you. You are doing what you're here to do. It feels like you are so aligned and in flow. And let's talk about this. Well, first of all, I think often transitions kind of come from nowhere. And what I mean by that is uh, there's this song and I'm old enough to remember it. I don't know if you're old enough to remember it, but it's wear sunscreen. Do you remember that song? It's like a rap song. And the guy talks about like, it's, and it's actually a commencement speech from, I think a high school, maybe a university. And one of the, the, like one of my favorite lines in there is don't bother worrying because we worry about things that won't happen. And the things that will impact us the most happen on a random Tuesday afternoon. The line is something like that. I'm probably watching the line as we speak, but you could look it up if you want to see. It's one of my favorite songs. And I think transitions, the ones that are really impactful, that's there's something to be said about that, that they come out of nowhere. Like you're not expecting them. It's not like life goes, oh, hey, by the way, Leanne, you have a transition coming. So, you know, you should prepare for it and you should do all these things. No, that's not my experience of how they happen. They typically happen in a slightly blindsided feeling Mm -hmm. and when you're ready for them. So you might not feel ready for them. You might not be like, beckoning them into your life, calling them into your life. And yet they come at a time when a bigger purpose knows that you can handle what's about to be sent your way and you're ready for them. So for me, five years ago, when I went through that slightly violent transition, and I don't mean violent as in like, you know, gnashing of teeth and throwing of fists or anything like that. I just mean, it felt like someone pulled the rug out from underneath my feet in a rather rapid time frame. When I went through that, there was almost like two Andreas going through it at once. The first one was, you've got this, you know what you can do, you're fine. You know, there is no actual emergency other than you're gonna have to figure out how to handle this, you're fine. And then there was the feeling of completely, my life just got completely deconstructed and now I had to put it all back together. One Mm -hmm. of my uh, good friends said to me, oh, you're gonna divorce. Now I got divorced not only from my husband, like we were legally married, there was also, we were in business together. So it was, you know, first it's like, Hey, we're not going to be married anymore. And then secondly, can we do business together? And it became pretty apparent pretty quickly that that wasn't going to work either. So now you're deconstructing a business and a marriage and a life and a family and all this stuff at once. One of my friends called and she said, so I hear you're reorganizing your life over there. How's that going? (laughs) I was like, well, it's more than an org chart change, but okay. Like it's a whole lot of stuff all at once. And I think one of the greatest things about transitions is that they show you how strong you are. And they show you if you can just kind of stand in the fire and be okay with what's going on in the moment and feel the feelings, take the time, let it be what it is, like live in what's going on in a way that you're saying, Hey, this is something that's happening for me, not to me. This is something that I can grow from. And I can see like, this is, Hey, I'm going to be better on the other side of it. It can be one of the most empowering things in your life. So here's one of the things about transition is that it's always happening to all of us. Like if you're not in transition at some point in your life, you're dying. Movement is part of life. And so being comfortable with change is something that we have to be. I think the more comfortable we are with transition, the faster we can rapidly accelerate through the levels of life. I kind of think of it like a video game. I don't play video games, but my son does. And, you know, I see him go like he's working to get from level one to level two, to level three, level four, to level five, right? Like we work through these levels of life and the more comfortable we are allowing the transition, the more we can elevate up to whatever the next level of life is and let the experience go, but keep the lessons from the experience. And then those lessons make us wiser. Oh my gosh. There's so much in there. Wow. Thank you for sharing all of that. I have a lot of questions and I feel like you just gave us, we could talk for hours about everything you just shared. (laughs) And so we'll see. So first of all, I just want to say, I I love that you said transitions. It's not like, okay, plan for a transition, unless you actually are planning for a trans, like a physical transition. But for the most part, for the type of transitions we're talking about today, you don't plan for them. 
they come out of the blue. They come out of nowhere. They're often a surprise. And I absolutely love that you said that things don't happen unless we're ready. And I'm a firm believer in this. There have been so many times in my life where like, why the hell is this going on? I don't feel, I don't feel ready. What the heck can I handle this? And then there's this voice that kicks in and this knowingness that kicks in that this would not be happening to me if I was not capable of handling what needs to be handled. For me, it's just this, it's almost like this, it's just this firm confidence that I can feel within and that voice will kick in when I need to hear it. For you, do you know where that comes from or how you've been able to develop that? Okay. So I can address that. But before that, let's talk about say the moments before that arrives. Because typically in transition, the moments before I feel confident, I feel completely not confident. I feel Mm -hmm. like scattered, incapable. I usually have what I call like the end of the world scenario going in my head where I'm like, okay, I'll go back to the example we're using, which is when I got divorced. I literally went through this exercise that was like, it's my worst case scenario. So what's my worst case scenario? Okay. I lose all my money. Um, I own my car. So cool. I'll still have a car. So that doesn't get repossessed. Right. But I lose all my money. I no longer own my house. I went through the worst case scenario. What would be the worst that could happen in this situation? And the, about the worst I could come up with was, okay, cool. I have no money. I have to rent a house and I still have two healthy kids. Okay. I can handle that. Like that's not the worst thing, right? I have relationships. I have friendships. You being one of my close friendships, right? I can call them and go, Hey, Leanne, like got any work for me. I'm pretty quick. I'm, you know, I did like an inventory assessment. Okay. What's the worst that can happen? And what am I left with? But in those moments before the transition or like before you, sorry, not before the transition, but before I find that inner warrior, right. I allow myself to feel the complete chaotic mess that could come from mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And the reason I've always found that to be effective is that I've played forward the worst case scenario. And if I can live with the worst case scenario, then I can approach what comes next with a sense of groundedness. Because if you don't address what could be the worst case scenario, I think we then, like my default is to make it worse than it really is. Right. And so if I could, and I literally write this down on paper, what's my worst case scenario? All right. My worst case scenario is I lose all my money. Can I live with that? Yeah. It's just money. I can make it back again. Mm -hmm. My worst case scenario is I don't have a house that I own that I live in. Okay. Well, how would I handle that? I would go rent one, right? Right. (laughs) Okay. What if I didn't have money to pay rent? I could borrow it from my mom. I could uh, very quickly, I was like, well, what if this, what if that? And I could solve every problem in my worst case scenario, which I truly write on paper. At which point, mm-hmm. um, then I usually do something that a friend of mine affectionately calls lose your shit. So, you know, I let it be all the feels. I have the bath, I cry, I throw plates, I do whatever I need to do. Typically, it comes with like baths, drinking wine, and not answering my phone. And I give myself like a period of time to do that. In the transition we're referencing, I gave myself a week. Like it happened to be a quiet week. I didn't have to work. My, I should reference this that. I have two ex-husbands. So the one with whom I share children, him and I get along great. The other one, it was super traumatic when we parted. So I let my kids go to their dads. They're super happy. I have a week off. I just lost my shit. I felt everything and I let it be. And it's kind of close to the end of that lose your shit period where I found the woman that's really strong that I knew that could move forward no matter what. And that woman had like clarity about what her future looked like. And an inventory of what my true strengths and assessments were like right. an inventory of what my true strengths were of what my true assets were of what's factual in this situation versus what's just my emotion running the show. And so for me, yeah, that feeling comes from, it actually comes right in my body, like in the grounded part of my body, like below my belly button in this place where I just feel strong and it's going to be okay. And in a slightly woo-woo manner, I've never talked about this, but in a woo-woo manner, I breathe really, really deep and see roots grounding into the ground. Mm -hmm. The universe has my back. I can grow some roots into the ground. I'm going to be okay. I've already played out. I can live the worst case scenario. Right. So how can I create something from inside of this transition to be what I want it to be in the future? Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It really makes sense. You touched on a couple of things that I wanted to circle back to from before. So thank you for touching on those. I heard like these two sides. There was 
the logic. And I love that you took an assessment of your assets and of your skills. I'd say there was an probably an unconscious or maybe it was or not unconscious, but a subconscious or maybe you were aware of this, but an asset of your friends and your family and the community and the support. And I think it's really important to remember that we do have allies around us. So you had the logic. And then I absolutely love that you gave space for the emotions and that you gave space for yourself to just feel the feels. That's something that I'm a huge advocate of. I'm a sensitive person, like I'd say energetically sensitive and then also sensitive, but I've, I've worked on that. I've got thicker skin now, but I'm a feeler. I feel things deeply. It's who I am. And for so many years, I fought this and I tried to make myself wrong. And when something would happen, these feelings were wanting to come up. And by not feeling them, I would experience way more chaos. And then I would create this whole other mess full of feelings and emotions. And this whole other situation would emerge from this one thing. And then something else would would emerge out from that. When really, if you just give yourself the space to actually go in and feel what's there for you, like, yeah, it's tough and it is difficult, but somehow you can move through it faster. And I'm being reminded of this one coach that I worked with. And he said, locate, label, accept. L-L-A. So locate, where is the feeling in your body? Is it in your stomach or your womb or your heart, your chest, your throat? Label it. Ooh, kind of feels, you know, say say that. And then you just sit with it. And when you do that, it's this magical transformative process, actually, that logic can't really describe. It's amazing what happens when we're just present with that. Yeah, I like that. I've never heard that, like, locate, label, accept. Yeah. My version of that is... I see feelings as two things. One, I see them as indicator lights. So when I feel something, and this was a coach that taught me this, and he was an amazing coach. I loved working with him. Feelings are sort of like indicator lights on, say, for example, your car, right? Mm -hmm. So when we see in our car that the gas is getting low, it goes orange and you get the little Mm -hmm. notification. It's like, ding, ding, Mm -hmm. you're getting low on gas. And then if you don't pay attention... And you don't fill up with gas for whatever reason, which by the way, is what I usually do. Then it goes a little lower and then it gets red and it goes ding, ding, ding. You have X number of kilometers left to empty and then your car is going to be useless to you. And so I see feelings as indicator lights. Like when I feel something and years ago, I made this distinction and it made a huge difference to me. Feelings aren't good or bad. You don't have a label. Like you don't have a good feeling and a bad feeling. You have a feeling. And so there's some that we're comfortable with and some that we're not comfortable with and some that we would like more of and some that we would like less of, but ultimately they're just feelings and they're just indicator lights to say something's on point here, right? Something's on or off point. And so in the example of the gas, when it start, when the feelings are like, hmm, this is a feeling that doesn't feel good to me. Great. It doesn't feel good to you, but it's just a feeling like just let it be and let it have space. And then my second part, which, which I think you use the word label, I sometimes in my head, I turn them into little characters in, oh, inside yeah. out, right? Like the little anger one, the little disappointment one. You have to give them a name, right? And you're like, yeah, I am bloody disappointed. I, I married that person thinking this was, we were going to get old and get gray hair together. I didn't marry them thinking, hey, let's see if we can make this work for 18 months and then blow this shit up. That's not <laughs> how I went into it. And so, I let it be like, I'm disappointed, I'm angry, I'm frustrated. You know, let them be and label them. And once you give them space and a voice, Mm -hmm. then you can have logic and be okay with the feelings. And I totally can relate. I'm with you on, for years, I stuffed them. For years, I was like, oh, well, what's funny though, is like, I don't know if you did this, but I would stuff the bad ones and I would allow the good ones. That was my internal... Yes. Oh, well, this is good. So I can be happy. Totally. Happy, disappointed, right? And and I think that's like culture, right? That's just Mm. what we're taught. And so when I could learn to allow the bad ones, first of all, remove the bad label and just go, oh, I am feeling disappointed. It's a statement. And I'm allowed to feel happy too. I am feeling happy. It's an equal statement. Then it it allows you to be in what is so that you can transition to what can be. Because if you can't live in, just seeing things how they are, it's really hard to allow yourself to see things how they could be. Mm. 
I love that. Okay, so something, a random question came to mind. I didn't think this would come up. But as you were talking and as we were talking about feeling the emotions, which I know we're both a proponent of and being honest about what's there, we come from the personal development industry where, you know, be positive, your thoughts create your reality, love, attraction, you can do it. And in general, I love affirmations and I love the idea of being an optimist and positive, like having positive thoughts and positive thinking. And I'd say I'm more of a dreamer by nature. I'm more of an idealist versus a realist. But at the same time, I really believe in being able to go to those dark places and feel the feelings. And so what are your thoughts when it comes to, it's almost these opposing, it's like this opposing view or philosophy or way of life. But to me, they're both so necessary. So I love that question because I think it's something that a lot of us stay stuck in. So here's my answer to what I think about that. I think the disservice that personal development has done to us is that it tells us not to feel the uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So if it's not a good feeling, don't feel it. My personal take on it is let all the feelings be there yeah, and then choose the ones that serve you. And the ones that are just there, like the disappointment, like the anger, like the frustration, like the, you know, pissed off teenager, whatever it is that's going on, feel them just only for a little while. Yeah. And only feel them and then give them like love and attention and honor that they need and just acknowledge that they are there. Mm -hmm. It's just don't wallow in them, you know? And that's why I said I took like the bigger transition in my life a few years ago. I took a week and I just, like I did, I just like drank wine and I laid yeah. in the bathtub and cried and I watched TV. And then I like went through these cycles of, I'm going to numb out. I'm going to feel it. You know, I'm going to go numb out. No, oh my God, I'm going to feel everything. I was like, And I was up and down and I just let it be. And then come like day five, I knew I had a seven day run. Day five, I was like, all right, time's up. <laughs> go ahead, move on. And so I think the disservice is in all like the rainbows and unicorns that those feelings need acknowledgement. If you do not acknowledge them, you will stuff them somewhere in your body. You will hold mm. resentment, you will harbor them and it will actually stop you from moving on. So you have to acknowledge them, whatever that looks like for you. Right. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that perspective. And what came to mind for me when you were talking is that You've got to feel it to heal it. <laughs> and so if we're, totally. no, if we're stuffing it down, like you said, it still is going to be stored in your body somewhere or vibrationally or in your energetic field to get a little woo-woo, but it's going to be there somewhere. And so even if you're not consciously giving voice to it, it is going to be there and it is, it's still going to be that thing that's attracting things to you. So actually, and I do believe that we can learn so much from the feelings of anger and disappointment and whatever it is that's showing up. But yeah, that's that random question that came to mind and I wanted your take on it. Can I add one little thing to that, which, cause this is like such a juicy topic. And I was thinking about the coach that I worked with that helped me just understand how to label feelings in general. The next thing that he taught me after that was feelings are indicators that a need in your life is not being met. Mm. So if you're feeling disappointed, is it because your need for fairness isn't being met or your need for acknowledgement isn't being met or your need just for like recognition isn't being met? Or if you're feeling like frustrated, what's the associated need that's not being met? And if you can attach those two, you can add a logic to it. So uh, we were talking at the beginning of this that I do think transition happens all the time. Yeah. That's just a it little does. bit of what's going on, but then there's little transitions and bigger ones. And I, right now I'm in this a super fun, big transition, <laughs> but part of the disappointment I'm feeling in part of this transition that I'm going through is that my need for acknowledgement isn't being met. And mm. so I can just go, Hey, yeah, I feel disappointed because I'm not getting acknowledged in something that's going on in my life right now. And as soon as I can attach that, then I can honor my disappointment and then say, great, it's nobody's situ like it's nobody's fault. That's what's going on. It's just what's going on for me right now. Great, let it go, and then I can move on. And so attaching what's the feeling and what's the need that's not being met is such a powerful way to just be really self reflective mm -hmm. and be self aware in a way that you you ultimately can and then meet your own needs. Right, like oh, so I'm not being acknowledged. 
what if I just acknowledge myself? What if I got it from a different place? What if I let go of the, like, so what? I'm not getting acknowledgement or whatever that looks like. Another question that comes to mind, I know you talk about the bathtub week. And honestly, I love bathtubs. I love wine. I like Netflixing, sleeping, feeling all the feels. I know in general, though, this transition went on for about a year, didn't it? We're talking splitting assets. I don't know if it was splitting a business or ending a business, starting over. You have two kids to feed. Reality kicks in. What was your process like? Because I know when you and I talked about this a bit before, what I was so impressed with and so amazed by was that you allowed yourself time and space to move through this transition and you didn't just reach for all of the, we could say like junk food ideas or junk food partnerships or businesses or those different things just to fill the void, to fill the gap and to feel safe and secure again. You gave yourself time and giving ourselves time without having all this stuff around us can be really uncomfortable and vulnerable. So how did you do that? So after the bathtub week, I did the assessment. Here's where I'm at. This is what I'm going to need to move forward. And you're right. I like, I'm like, great. I'm going to go down to one income again. I'm going to learn how to be a single mom again. Our business is going to get split up there for what's the new business I'm going to start from the ashes, basically, right? What does this look like? And now I'm on my own. How do I want to do it? So I went through all that. I kind of got a game plan in place. And then for the first time ever in my life, and probably the most healing thing I did, and I don't know how I knew how to do it, but I just did it, is you're right. I gave myself what was closer to a three-year healing path and journey. During the day when I had to perform, so to speak, like when I had to do the day-to-day stuff of life, I did it with the best attitude I could. And then every downtime moment I had, instead of filling it with something like, talking Netflix or, or the YouTube or looking for the bottom of the Facebook feed or, you know, whatever I would have filled it with something that would have been equal to numbing out. I let myself feel what was true for me in that day and true for me in that week and true for me in that moment. And so it was, I think when you're going through transition, especially something that's like life altering, it's sort of like an onion that you just continue to peel the layers off of. And I would think I'm over it. And then something would arise that would put me back under it, I guess you could say, or in it, yeah. <laughs> not yeah. under back in it. I was like, oh man, I'm not over it. <laughs> oh, I thought I'd worked through this already. I, didn't I <laughs> like do that? You know, yeah. and then I would look back and and just feel it. I don't know how I knew my to give myself that time, but it was the best thing I could have done for myself is just to be really patient and let healing take the time healing takes. Or mm-hmm. you and I both come from the like personal growth space mm-hmm. and we've worked with some massive personal growth like mm-hmm. speakers and trainers and stuff. And they always talk about the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. But there's other laws in the universe, right? Like gravity is a law. You drop an egg, it hits the ground. That's a thing. Yeah. And what about the law of gestation? This is the one that always cracks mm-hmm. me up. That we forget about. It takes nine months for a human body to grow a healthy human baby, right? And I think, what does it take elephants? Two years to grow a healthy human, like a healthy elephant, right? I had no idea. I think you should probably fact check that one, but it takes a long time. I think it's two years. And I always laugh that some of us, that like the law of attraction, we forget about the law of gestation. So if somebody were to come out and say, hey, I figured out how to grow a healthy human baby in four months, entrepreneurs and drivers would be the first ones signing up going, put me on this, put me on the list, right? That's not going to happen. It takes nine months. Like you want a healthy little human being, give that body nine months to make that human being and you have a healthy human being. And so transition to me has a gestation period and you have to recognize there's that gestation. And if it's 18 months, three years, whatever the length is Mm -hmm. that you feel, we don't know. And be patient and gentle with yourself. And Mm -hmm. the distinction is, are you allowing the healing or are you wallowing in it? And if you're allowing the healing, give yourself space. If you're wallowing in it, maybe get a pep talk from some of your best friends or something. But, you know, so I didn't wallow in it. I just let it heal. And what comes to mind? So allowing, wallowing, and then resisting. Because I know it's So let's throw resistance into the mix. Let's not forget that little That's why you bury it, right? You're like, nope, 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 (laughs) nope. And then everything explodes like a can of worms. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then the floodgates open and then you can't put them back. Like you're like, I can't fix the floodgates. Sorry. I just screwed that one off. Oh, I should just say that in that time, one of my favorite sayings was 
see things as they are, not better than they are and not worse than they are. And Mm. I really did a lot of what is true, what's factual, what's transparent, what is fact Mm -hmm. versus making it better or worse than it is. And I'll give Tony Robbins credit for that one because he has a little video on YouTube that's like, see things as they are, not better or worse than they are. You can look it up. It's one of his like higher ranked YouTube videos. And I actually watched it frequently. I found myself getting in, like we kind of get a bit manic depressive almost in in transition, right? So you spiral up. This is great. You spiral down. This is terrible. So if I found Mm -hmm. myself in any sort of spiral, I would just go back to, I'd watch the video and then go back to see things as they are, not better than they are, not worse than they are. Something that was coming to mind as you were talking is how can we be okay with the present moment and still have a vision of where we want to go, but not be crazy pushing ourselves? And this goes back to the gestation period, I guess. And so when you're thinking back to this time, I think it's so beautiful that you allowed yourself the time to heal. Do you have any advice for anyone who's listening right now who is going through a time of transition? And I totally agree with you when you say life is transitions. We're all going through them on some scale, single day (laughs) of our life. And so what advice do you have for people listening right now who are going through a transition and they're having a hard time being gentle and patient with themselves? What are some tips? Good question. Okay. Number one is trust in divine timing. Mm. And number two is get super heightened aware. And what I mean by that is be aware of what part you played in putting you in that position. I think we always go through transition and yet there's big transitions in life, right? And I there's probably some scientific number of how many big transitions we go through. I think in life, there's probably maybe three to 10 like pivotal transitions that we go through. So those ones are the bigger ones that you feel. So if you're in one of those, I think it's so important to know, to become so super heightened aware of what you did to contribute to that transition mm-hmm. and take full responsibility for what your part in the play is. And I do this a lot through journaling personally, where I'll sit down and I'll just write, what did I do that got me here? How did I contribute? Who was I in the situation? Where is this pattern showing up in my life before? Right? Because if you're going through a transition, and maybe it's one that you're experiencing like the second or the third time around, whatever that is, right? You get let go from a job, or even maybe you quit a job or whatever, right? You're still trying to find your way. Or Mm. for me, this was my divorce number two. And the first thing I did was I sat down and I was like, all right, there is one common denominator here and it's me. (laughs) So I'm going to figure out what's next for me or how did I contribute to this? And so I think the advice is, A, really do be gentle with yourself. Mm -hmm. And that comes from heightened awareness and just being like, all right, I got myself into this, which the cool thing is, if you got yourself in, you can get yourself out of it. Know that everybody is screwed up somewhere. Mm -hmm. Some people just hide it better, but like everybody is screwed up. And in transition, especially when something's like dramatic, like a divorce, (laughs) I joke sometimes that I'm the keeper of everybody's secrets. Like people just tell me everything going on for them, partly because some of my transitions have been so open in public and Mm -hmm. so obvious that I am so far from perfect, mm-hmm. that then people who are still trying to pretend that a perfect life does exist, they'll tell me all the BS that's going on in their own life. Right. And so I think the gentlest thing to know is this is just a human experience. Everybody's been here. You're not alone. I don't right. care how screwed up it might feel in the moment. You're not alone. Someone else has been there. And just take comfort in that. Yeah. I love that. It's and okay. I love And you said trust divine timing. And then we're human. We've all been through this. I think now, especially because we live in the perfect digital social media age where everything's Instagram perfect. And that's not reality. That's what you see when you go in that one place. That truly isn't reality. And so remembering that everybody goes through these things. And then I love how you really focus on taking self-responsibility and what you didn't say, but what I heard is that it's taking self-responsibility And almost with a, I don't want to say a playful attitude, but not beating yourself up and actually learning the lesson because lessons will continue to appear in our life until they repeat 
until we actually learn them. And so I think there's this huge piece of self-awareness. Like, do you know how many times I've had to learn? And I say had to learn the same lessons over and over again, but that's incorrect because I was not learning them. I thought I would learn the lesson, but I wasn't actually integrating it and implementing it. So I had the same scenarios showing up over and over again until I got knocked on my ass so hard. I'm I'm like, okay, fine. I guess it's time to really learn this lesson and choose differently. And it was so much easier to just choose differently and learn the lesson versus repeat it over and over and over again, which is the definition of insanity. (laughs) Thanks to good old Albert Einstein. I don't know if it was Oprah I heard say this, but I know for sure you don't give me credit for what I'm about to yeah. say. Um, but she, whoever it was, I think it was Oprah said, life first whispers. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't listen, it whispers a little louder. And then if yeah. you don't listen, it talks to you. Yeah. And then it yells at you. And then it screams at you. And then you get hit by a two by four. If you listen to the whisper early, you could maybe avoid the two by four. Yes. And so just being really aware of that, like, am I paying attention to what part I played in this? What you just said came up in another interview. What is my soul whispering, saying, and screaming? We want to catch the soul when it's whispering and at the most when it's speaking, just normal volume. (laughs) Let's not get, let's not let it get to the screaming. As you were going through this transition period, that was about three years long. How did you start to rebuild and create this new, beautiful life for yourself? So we've talked about the process of feeling the feelings and allowing yourself to heal. You've talked about putting on the brave face and going out when you had to, but you really were starting, like you said, starting from the ashes. And so what was that process of rebuilding your business, rebuilding your life, rebuilding your family like for you? And like, how did you know which direction to go? So. That's a good question. I'm not sure if this will will apply to everybody, but I'll tell you what I did and how that looked for me is that in kind of those moments that felt like ashes, I just got really real about like, from what we know, we get one life. It's this one. You don't get your time back. And it's kind of like the you're here now moment, right? right? This is the moment I'm in and it's the one I can experience. And we could get into all these like, is there other ones that maybe are in parallel universes? I don't know. (laughs) but I know that this is the one I'm in and I can experience. And so I truly just got to a place where I was like, what I want next from this is a vision. Like I I created a vision for what I wanted in the future. Mm -hmm. And then I just held true to that vision and I documented it. I made it measurable. I wrote it down and I sat and I was like, like in, for me in that moment, in those moments, I was like, what do I want to create? What is the life I want on the other side of this? This is going to be a transition. Who do I want my kids to look back and say, hey, that's my mom or whatever. Like I got really clear about what was the vision for next, for what was next for me. And then I held to that. And in the moments when I felt broken or weak or disappointed, or I just want to curl up and cry or whatever, the vision was stronger than the momentary whatever was going on. Um, goosebumps all over. Thank you for sharing. And again, it's actually tapping into vision, right brain, and really that creative side, and then bringing in the logical process, making it measurable, writing it down, making sure that it's something that's front and center that you can go back to and review when the times get tough. And so for everyone listening right now, I think this is just such an incredible conversation and reminder that we do have the ability to create what we want to create. But to do that, you first need to be clear on what you want to create. And so give yourself the time, (laughs) right? Give yourself the time to actually explore that and have fun with it and let yourself dream, create that vision and then solidify it. And then post it in your office, post it wherever it is, make sure that it's somewhere that you can reference and look back at and go back to, especially when times are tough. Yeah. And I think A, super clear in your head, B, written on paper. I'm a big take something to paper. If I like those abstract feelings and everything that's going on for me, Mm -hmm. I very often make sense of them on paper. And that's just what it is for me. I don't know what it works like for other people, but I got really clear and put it on paper. And then another thing that I think works really well is 
kind of mini test. Is that what you really want? For me, I love working with visionaries. That's what my company does now, right? So we work with visionaries. We support them helping them get their ideas from like this abstract idea down to reality. And I already knew I liked doing that. So it was easy for me to say, hey, I like doing this and I know that I like doing it. But if you're someone who thinks like, hey, I want to be an actor and that's what I really, really want to do. Well, maybe go pressure test like a little bit of it. So go volunteer with a local like play acting company because maybe you hate acting and you don't even know it, right? (laughs) So take your big vision and then grab some little mini experience that you can have that will give you an idea of if you even like that as your vision and forever be triangulating to this is my vision and and what is it going to feel like? And do I like that feeling? And do I like what that looks like for my life? And do I like... You know, like I think being an actor, you have to be super patient, I would imagine, because I'm sure that run happens on the sets all around you all the time. I just think it's important to test in a little group, like in a little area. Super smart. Super smart. I love that you said how important it is to actually test something because an example, I remember I was in university. I thought I wanted to be a helicopter pilot. And so I went and I actually worked at this helicopter company in the summers and I I realized, oh, I think I like the pilots. I don't think I want to be a pilot. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) And then when when I saw the lifestyle and living in the bush and doing all these things and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it was just the pilots I liked and not actually wanting to be a pilot. So give yourself time to explore, test, take classes. So I love that you shared that. Andrea, this conversation has been so incredible and so inspiring. And there's been so many great tips and just tools that people can use to navigate times of transition in their life. And so my final question for you, is there anything else that you want to share that you think is important for people to know or just to hear as they're going through big life transitions? I think the biggest one is just that if I could say something to anyone going through a transition is you've got this. If it's been handed to you, you can go through it and you can transition it. And I actually okay, two things. One, you've got this. Two, ask for help. If you are feeling drowning in any part of your life where you're transitioning through something or something feels overwhelming, learn to ask for help, whether it be from your family, your friends, your kids, your partner, your spouse, like whomever that very often we go through that stuff feeling alone. And if you can just ask for help, it'll help. Like it goes so far. So one, you've got this to ask for help. I love it. And that takes us right back to where we started. <laughs> Essentially, you've got this. If it's happening, you've got this. And in final closing, so I have a little surprise for you. I like to do this. I don't know if you have heard of these or seen these, but they are the create the love cards. They're conversation starters. And so There's some saucy ones in here. I'm going to pull a card and ask you a question. And this is how we're going to end this. And of course, if you don't want to answer, I can pull another card because there are some, there's some pretty saucy ones, but I don't pre-plan. So whatever is pulled today is truly what's pulled. Okay, let me see. It's a big deck. So we're going to, so tell me when to stop. (laughs) Okay, stop. Okay. Oh, this is really interesting that this came up because we were talking about your divorce and relationships. How are you awesome in a relationship? What are you naturally good at when it comes to love? Oh man, I think I'm awesome at being really patient. Mm. What I mean by patient is not, I'm not really patient like with some things, but I'm patient in assuming that the other person has the best intent. If I'm hurt, my first thing is think they probably didn't mean to hurt me. Maybe I should seek some clarity Mm -hmm. there. And then the other part that I think I'm really awesome at, and this is actually only really recently since my last transition, to be honest with you, is communicating my needs. Mm -hmm. So just saying, hey, what would work for me? Or hey, what I need is, or just being able to say what I'm looking for is this. Here's what I need. What helps me feel supported is like, I don't assume someone should figure me out. I actually think it's my job to communicate. This is what I need. Can you meet that need or not? Because that's an entirely different situation or a different way to approach it than somebody trying to figure out what I need. Because I think it's my job to know what I need. Yeah. Or say, I don't know what I need, but it might be this or it might be that, or at least get curious about it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I know I was sitting here thinking, how am I awesome in a relationship? It's 
actually a difficult question for me to answer. Which yeah. is kind so of, what's your answer? I know. I'm like, what is, I want to, I want to steal your answer. <laughs> your, and so with communicating my needs, but I'd say there's a different twist. And so the one thing that I'll, I'll say is that I am transparent. I say what I'm feeling. I don't hold it in. This may be sometimes to a fault, but I'm very honest. There are no guessing games. Open book. Here's what I am. Take it or leave it. I'll tell you what's on my mind. You never have to guess. I know I've actually said this to a partner in the past. Like, you don't need to try to decode. Like, you're trying to decode and be very clear. (laughs) I'm not saying this to try to confuse you or this or that. I'm letting you know this is my truth. And so I'd say, yeah, I'm transparent. I'll lay it all, all out on the table. I would say as a friend, one thing you're awesome at is you get curious. I always love that about you in conversations. You'll grab something. You did it even in this conversation too, but you get curious and it makes somebody feel understood and heard. So that's something else you're awesome at in a friendship. I don't know what it's like to be in a romantic relationship with you, but certainly in a friendship, that's something that you always bring to the table. And I can always count on you for being curious. And and that equals to like you're interested in what's going on in my life. Mm, Yeah. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I'd say one of the first personal development books I read way back when was Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And one of the quotes that has always stood out to me, and it's been something I've carried throughout my life is seek first to understand and then to be understood. And so you just gave me a huge compliment. Thank you. I feel, I'm feeling the love. (laughs) It's no wonder we get along because that's one of my favorite operating principles too. If I start to get defensive about everything, that's the first thing that comes to mind. I'm like, am I seeking to understand? (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me here today, Andrea. And thank you for everyone who's tuned in. Thank you so much for listening to us and leave comments. I'll definitely link to Andrea's social media profiles and where you can connect with her and with mine. Let us know what stood out for you in this episode today. Please share it, pay it forward, spread the love. And thanks for hanging out in the Glojo, everyone. And thanks, Andrea. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was super fun. Awesome. Thanks. I absolutely loved that conversation with Andrea. Here are the top glow notes that stood out to me from this conversation. Glow note number one, transitions usually come out of nowhere, so you might feel blindsided by them. And yet at the same time, they come when a bigger purpose knows that you can handle whatever is on your path right now. You are ready for the transition. Glow note number two, One of the greatest things about transitions is that they show you how truly strong you are. Remember this when the going gets tough. Glow note number three. When something happens in your life, you have the opportunity to recognize that this is happening for you and not to you. Recognizing that this is something you can grow from is one of the most empowering things in your life. Don't miss out on this opportunity. Glow note number four. The more comfortable we are allowing the transition, the more we can elevate up to whatever the next level of life is and let the experience be. Glow note number five. When the going gets tough, run through your end of the world scenario. Oftentimes you'll realize that you can survive the worst case scenario. And when you realize this, then you can approach what comes next with a sense of groundedness and more confidence. Glow note number six, do an asset and skill inventory assessment. This helps you remember the resources, including the things that you own or have access to, friends, family, and your innate skills that can help you in life no matter what. Glow note number seven, allow yourself to feel everything. Allow yourself to feel the feels. Allow yourself to be messy. Feelings are like indicator lights like a light that comes on in your vehicle to signal you're low on gas. If you don't pay attention to that light and you keep driving without putting gas in your vehicle, before you know it, your car is going to be useless. So treat your feelings like indicator lights and pay attention to the information they're trying to share with you before everything breaks down and stops working. Glow note number eight. When you learn to be with what is, you can transition to what can be 
Because if you can't live in just seeing how things are, it's really hard to allow yourself to see things how they could be. So remember, when you can be with what is, you're allowing what can be to unfold easier. And glow note number nine. Remember the law of gestation. The law of gestation. This is the law that states things take time. It's the way of the world. It's the way of the universe. It's the way things work. It takes nine months to make a child. Transition acts the same way. Healing acts the same way. These things take time. Although sometimes we don't know how long that period is going to be. So in these times of transition, these times of change, these times of healing, learn to be patient, learn to be kind, learn to be compassionate with yourself. And notice if you find yourself wallowing in your emotions and stewing versus feeling and healing. We want to feel and heal. We don't want to get stuck and let those emotions really just drag us down and anchor us like a weight anchoring us at the bottom of the ocean because then you suffocate. Lastly, I want to say that if you need support going through something difficult, it's okay to need support. It's okay to need help. Reach out to someone you can trust, whether it's friends or a family member or a mentor in your life or connect with a professional. Do what you need to do to take care of you first and then keep taking care of yourself every step of the way. You've got this. Thank you for joining me in the Glojo. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to connect with me on Instagram at Leanne Kalal. That's at L-E-A-N-N-E-K-A-L-L-A-L. Take me in a post, take me in a story. Let me know what really resonated with you from today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and pass it along with friends or family members or coworkers. It's free to share. At The Glojo, we really are about having conversations that are going to help us fuel our feel good, fuel our flow and live our best life by getting more in tune with who we are and by growing our toolkit and our toolbox. And so that's why I always love to make sure that you have practical tools and takeaways. So make sure you share it and also rate, review if this has really spoken to you. I really appreciate any support and any feedback. And thank you. Thanks for being here with me. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this. I know time is extremely precious and it's a valuable commodity. So I appreciate you spending it with me. All right. See you next week. Bye for now.